Welcome back to Pod is a Woman, an honest, unfiltered conversation about the current state of politics and pop culture from three veterans of the Obama White House who also happen to be friends. I'm Alejandra. I'm Darian. And I'm Johanna. It's the last week of 2020, and what a year it has been. We spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about politics and current events, but on the last day of this year, we wanted to spend some time reflecting back on 2020 as individuals and as a nation. Starting on a personal level, I know this year has brought many challenges, but that comes with many great lessons. What were some of the ones that stood out most to you, Darian? Well, Alejandra, I think that you're right. We've had so many changes, and I think that this has been a year unlike any other. And one of the things that I really think about with regard to 2020 is just how it has forced me to slow down. I'm a person who was before 2020, before March of 2020. I remember, you know, the day that I felt like the world shut down. But Prior to that, I was traveling almost every week, if not more. I was all over the place. And it reminds me to slow down and take account of what is going on in my life and what is important in my life and helped me to realize that we don't have to do it all. I find myself being the ultimate Pinterest mom, trying to do everything cool for my kids and for my family and for my friends. And this really forced me to just take a break and to enjoy what I have around me and those sort of unique things that only living through a global pandemic um, can bring to bear and really create more patience for myself, give myself more grace to give my kids more grace, my family, my friends, my loved ones. And so while it's been really challenging, it's also been such a year of growth and learning for me personally. No, you're right, Darian. And I, like you, I'm a planner, right? And this year, all plans went out the window. (laughs) I don't know about you, Alejandra, but I feel like that's my biggest takeaway is that I think we've got to, you know, kind of lessen the planning and, and live in the moment. You know, it's funny because establishing a routine and kind of a plan was one of the things that helped me get through this year in a funny way. I remember when we were at the beginning of the pandemic, I sat down and I thought, okay, how am I going to take care of myself during this time, like body, mind, spirit? And I started making these lists. We talked about this with Marissa last week. And that allowed me to be able to really make this, I hate using the word self-care because I feel like it's so played out at this point. But self-healing, I like that better, and really yeah. take some time to be intentional about, you know, the things that I was doing, the, the things I was reading, the people I was sharing my energy with. And so in that way, this time of isolation has really allowed me to connect deeper with myself than, frankly, I don't know if I would have ever done. Because think about it, guys, like what in our lives do we ever have a year or so when we can just really focus inward on the things that are really important, the people that really matter, the way we've prioritized things in our lives too, you know, where we spend our time and energy. And once all that has been stripped away, I feel like it can be very powerful if you're willing to take an honest look at it. No, you're right. You're right. I think what I had, I don't know, because March, like I had plans to take my parents to Hawaii for the first time they were ever going to go. And that couldn't happen. And they had to go home. And then I found out 
my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, which Alejandra, you helped me through so much. And my dad had to close his small business. And so all of those plans completely evaporated. But I think you're right, Alejandra, in that we can now actually make plans differently and intentionally and really be methodical, knowing that we are going to be in this for a while in 2021. And that's so true, because not only has 2020 found us as a nation and as a world in isolation from one another, social isolation from one another. It's also shown us that we're going to have to multitask just because we're all in our homes doesn't take away from the businesses that are closing. It doesn't take away from the breast cancer diagnosis. It doesn't take away from any of the things that are continuing to be ongoing. And we're having to manage both in a way that is challenging and that we've never had to experience in our lifetimes, at least. And I've seen us, especially in the United States, as a country coming to grips with not only the collective grief around the coronavirus and how it's affected us, but also around social justice and racial injustice and how we approach that. And that's been one of the things that I've found to be most challenging is while we're in this pandemic, I'm also living in downtown Chicago and seeing all of the civil unrest around the racial injustice and having to see how I teach my children about it and how I've, you know, had to teach them empathy when it's right in their face, when they're seeing the effects of racial injustice. It's been a time of learning for me and a time of self-reflection in the way that you talk about, Alejandra, in seeing what is important to me and what do I hold dear and how do I lift that up and make that important to me to be able to focus on the importance of it. So I appreciate what you say about being able to focus on self-healing. And I really appreciate what you're talking about of kind of like the collective pain body that we're in right now, because we can't help but feel the pain just around the world. Like, I don't know about you guys, I'm really sensitive to feeling this kind of energy. And so many people are suffering and the numbers we're getting even in LA County every day are just like shocking. You don't know how to process it. And so not only are we dealing with the isolation, but we're also dealing with, again, we talked about grief last week, but those feelings of just agitation and and helplessness Mm -hmm. because I I agree with you, Darren, that, you know, when I see the numbers, especially as they're disproportionately affecting people of color, and there's been all these articles in the LA Times recently about East LA and the Latino community specifically, because there's so many essential workers being disproportionately affected, and you feel so helpless and powerless, like you want to do more. As we speak right now, there are people who are being evicted, and there are people that didn't have a Christmas and don't know how they're going to get into this new year. Like, how do we, how do we show up better and how do we contribute better in 2021? Yeah. Well, in a silver lining, I, I mean, it hasn't happened everywhere, but where communities have come together and really helped one another, I think that those bonds have grown. Like for our little public school, my son's in, I know we had a big drive and like produced 
some amazing holiday gifts for mm-hmm. every child who needed anything this year. And I know that a lot of people who contributed were struggling themselves, right? But we came together. And I think that that's a silver lining I want to see go into 2021. Because if we don't come together, we won't be able to come through this. Well, the hope is that 2021 brings some sort of healing. And to Alejandra's earlier point, just because we leave 2020 doesn't mean that we leave this pandemic in 2020. We go into 2021 knowing that there is a vaccine and that hopefully we will get onto the path to healing globally. But there's so much work still to be done. And I think it's important, um, Johanna, to your point that those community drives that those efforts where we're reaching out and checking on the strong friend, as they say, and coming together as small communities, but as a nation and as a globe to look out for one another to really look for the people who need the help and that we're reaching out to help lift them up and be there for one another. And I think that's one of the things when we talk about silver linings that I've appreciated a lot is that I've had more Zooms. I've had more random FaceTime calls than I had before that I've connected with people on social media that we haven't seen each other in years maybe, but all of a sudden we're talking every day. And I look so forward to that and continuing building on those relationships in 2021 and also appreciating the things that the pandemic did bring out. I get to see my kids so much more than I would have if they were in school full time and I was traveling still full time for work and I get to watch them grow in a way that I wouldn't have if you know, we hadn't been so stuck in the house together. And I find myself looking at Alejandra's stories as she's making matchas. And I'm like, how do I do that? Where do I learn that? And I've learned so much. And I've appreciated rage baking, which I don't think that (laughs) many people would get. But there's something about when I'm stressed being up at 1am in the morning baking cookies in the middle of the night. It's it heals me, it soothes me. And I've appreciated that. Well, and you influence, and I'm saying influence <laughs> as an influencer, people like me, because you know I've been trying to copy the, the baked goods you make for your daughters this entire time. Have you guys noticed that people say I love you more this year? Mm-hmm. I just, I've noticed that with my friends, I mean, with my family, we, we tend to say I love you all the time, but I've just noticed even people that I've, I've gotten to know very recently, you know, people seem to understand the importance of saying what you need to say now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's That's a silver lining in a way, because again, it's really connected the fact that our struggle is our collective struggle. Like you can't separate it. Like you can't hide in your house, or at least not for too long from this <laughs> pandemic. We're all connected. I mean, I'm trying, but we're, we're all connected here. And we're only going to get through this if we all support each other through it. And so I love that that there is more of an expression of to each other of support of love of care and of just like also like grace Mm -hmm. that not all of us can show up perfect right now we're all under such deep amount of stress I was reading something and it was saying like that none of us can show up for each other the way we need right now right none of us you know we all need something that all of us aren't equipped to give because we're all completely 
spent and like running ourselves ragged. And so it's just a back to basics time that I think can be very grounding, mm-hmm. um, but is also obviously there's growing pains. And I think we're, we're still in the midst of them. We truly are. That's such a good point, Alejandra, because it is kind of like, especially, you know, in isolation, when you feed off of others' energy, like I do, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I need others. And it's sometimes really hard to not have that connection. And so, you know, like I've found... I think that's right. Like the silver lining, you you find the ways to connect with people that you hadn't actually been able to do before. So my family's all over the country. We managed to do a Zoom for my dad's birthday, which we'd never done before. So how can we bring all of these lessons collectively to community, to our nation? Like that's what, you know, I keep thinking we started paying attention to our government this year. Like at a level that we hadn't, like, I mean, we had, right? We we worked in the government, but I think that the general American population started asking, I know all of us, questions about government, about how to get involved in, you know, like how to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And I hope that we can bring that energy into the system to build trust, to create a more level playing field, and to even out what has really been a year of extremes, of a dichotomy, of you know differences of how people are feeling it. It's affecting so many people so differently than others. I don't know if you guys saw the article about you know all these people buying their second homes at the same time that you know so many Americans are losing their only roof over their head, and that is like to me. It's unsustainable. We need we need to change that in 2021. Well, number one, Johanna, I can't imagine you ever running low on energy. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> on, the, on the other hand, you're right. It is and has been a year of extremes where you see people even now are traveling and going on vacation and spending the new year in Mexico or, you know, in... Isn't that hard to watch for you when you see that? I'm just, it's hard for me to see those stories. It's, it's hard and you recognize that people are handling things in the best way that they know how. And I think that that goes back to the point of giving grace and doing what is best for you and handling the pandemic in a way that is best for you. But it's certainly, it's hard to watch that happen. And I mean, I've gone um, on vacation during the pandemic, so I'm not one who's not guilty of it. But I also know there's a part in taking care of your mental health that sometimes means that you get away. And it's just, I don't even know, it's fractured in the way that people are responding to the requirements because as a nation, we have had such a disjointed response and disjointed requirements for whether we're staying at home and what the stay-at-home orders and mask orders look like, what the curfews look like. Everything looks different based on the community that you're in. And in the same way, communities are either very supportive or they're not. And I would hope that as we go into this, we are coming together 
I'm also looking at the way that people are standing up in their communities. And we are from a generation of activists that looks so different from the generation of activists that's now coming up into your earlier point, Johanna, holding the government accountable. This new TikTok generation of kids, the way that they have started to show up for each other and the way that they're using their voices to push back on ideas that their parents have tried to instill in them that they don't believe in, that they don't believe to be just or right, it's really incredible. I think that's one of the great lessons that we we're talking about, Johanna, of this year as a nation is how much now not only are people paying attention to politics, but they're paying attention to who represents them in a different way. And I think folks have seen what happens when you have people in the White House and in the administration who truly aren't prepared. Because again, I think sometimes we take for granted you know, regardless of political party, the trains are going to keep running. Mm -hmm. And I think we realized over this past year that actually the trains can stop running if we elect people who are not capable, who are not experienced, and who are not making decisions in the best interest of this country. So I think that that's a great lesson. And I hope that everyone over this past year who's become so engaged in politics continues to be engaged because even with a Biden presidency, we still have a long way to go. We do. And you're right. The trains will stop running. And just because President-elect Biden is coming in doesn't mean that everything's fixed. There is so much work for us to do as a nation, both economically and from a perspective of how we are addressing the shortages of the vaccine and who's getting them and how do we make sure that it's equitable. There's so much work to be done that I'm glad to see that the Biden administration is already starting to really roll out what their plans are and talking about putting people in place that have the experience to handle them, but there's, there's a lot to be done. Well, and I think you're right, both Alejandra and Darian, you know, like we have learned that we cannot take what we have for granted. And, you know, we cannot expect that it's going to work. And truly, like it is time for a new generation of leaders. And so another thing that I've seen, and I agree completely, Alejandra, you've seen this, we all have, that people are stepping up to run for office. Like a woman who I worked with at Pizza Hut in Galesburg, Illinois, is running for the school board in Galesburg. And I am thrilled to see her throw in her name, whether she wins or not, right? Like we've seen, you have to keep trying to make change and it's not easy. And so what I don't want people to do is get dissuaded because it's going to take time and it's going to take all of us, you know, continuing to work together for this movement of a more equal world, a more just world, a world in which everyone has that fair shot. And we're not there yet. That's for sure. And as you talk about this, Johanna, I think about all of the things that I'm hopeful for in 2021 and what I pray 
it will bring and some of the things that, you know, I'm manifesting and thinking about right now. I usually make a list of all of the things. I make a list of three personal things and five professional things that I'd like to accomplish. And of course, this year, I threw that completely out the window, but I am hopeful for so much. So I don't know, Alejandra, if you want to share some of the things that you're hopeful for. Oh, you know, honestly, I... I'm hopeful for us to find our way out of this pandemic and start to get back on track as a nation with a Biden presidency. Let's figure out the new way forward because we're in a different world now. Um, we're in a COVID reality and I don't think anyone, even the most hopeful amongst, amongst us expects that it's just going to completely disappear. So we're a changed nation in that sense. We're a changed nation in the sense that our values and priority and focus has changed. The way we interact with each other and move through the world, even move through spaces as a community, like do we go back to hugging people when we say hello? Do we go back to blowing out birthday candles and then everyone <laughs> eating off that cake? Like It's so funny that we used to do that, right? Right. Let's have one person spit all over the cake and then we all eat it. Like, we never it's going to be delicious. Especially the kids. <laughs> <laughs> but like, do what do what does our new road forward look like? with a Biden presidency, with our first female vice president. So that's, I guess, what I'm hopeful for. I don't know what it looks like, but I know that there will be a new beginning. And that gives me hope. Well, I am a hugger, and I do hope that there is a point in time where we can go back to, you know, that level of showing affection. Because it is, to me, like, it's really important that we do get back to that world. But I guess as a nation, I, I will say, you know, we, we really have to get to a world in which we have the trust in government that we can trust that they will also be able to take care of everyone. And that's one of the, the frustrations I've had in 2020. 20 is that, look, there wasn't trust for a good reason because government wasn't helping any of us. But that's why we've seen this inequitable divide. That's why we've seen all of these people get their, you know, second, third homes while so many people have been suffering. And so how do we come together and actually trust in each other? How do we have that empathy and that like love for one another so that, yes, like the GoFundMe accounts when you're, you know, donating to someone in need, that's good. But if they have that access to education, if they have that access to healthcare, if they have that access to, you know, a fair shake, then wouldn't that be better for all of us instead of having to create these GoFundMe accounts? And that's for me as a nation, like for me as someone looking at this nation, you know, before I had kind of thought that the Democrats slow roll of we can expand Affordable Care Act by just, you know, allowing a public option would be a, a next best step. But I'm actually to the point where I'm saying, I think we need we need Medicare for all. We need health care for all because we are only as healthy as the least among us. And we have seen that so vividly. We need to go in and have the bravery in which we can we can actually affect change. Yeah. And it's funny, I was listening back to us from last week, and Johanna, you talked about 
not hugging your mom in over a year. And I know in the past, Alejandra, you've mentioned how much you wanted to hug your mom and be with your mom to celebrate the holidays. And I was reflecting on this as, you know, something that as a country, I think we all just need to hug our moms. I have not hugged my mom in a year. And just that makes me emotional. I want to hug my mom. And I think going into 2021, at a basic level, that's what we need is to be able to hug our families and not take that for granted, to be able to have that physical touch and be in the physical presence of one another. And if we don't get all of those things lined up that you talk about, Joanna, from making sure that people have access to affordable and quality health care and that they're able to put a roof over their heads and not their second roof, but a roof period, that they're able to work in jobs that you could have one job and that be enough to pay your bills. People need access to all of that in order to be able to hug their moms in 2021. And it's not just going to be a 2021 thing that, you know, in 2021, we're going to address it all and it's all going to be fixed. We're fixing decades, if not centuries, of systems that were ineffective. And so it's going to take a long time to right the ship. But my hope is that going into 2021, we're starting that process. You guys know that at some point in 2021, I don't know when it's going to be, but at (laughs) some point in this coming year, we're going to be able to all go out and we're going to be able to all be like in restaurants and and bars and some sort of uh, concert. And no. we're going to be able to hug each other. And can you imagine? I mean, I feel like people are going to be running through the streets just hugging random strangers. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. we're, I'm so tired of seeing someone like when I go on my like walks in my neighborhood, I see someone and I cross the street and I don't even <laughs> think twice of it anymore. I cro- Every time I see a person, I cross the street to get away from them and they don't even flinch because they understand why. But wow, how we're going to feel when that day comes and we can all just exhale together for for an afternoon and be like, we made it through. <laughs> I can't wait for, you know, that moment. It is interesting to me that we're talking about hugging our moms because the other thing that I'm reflecting on when I look at 2020 is I think that women have, unfortunately, been dealt the brunt of this pandemic as caretakers who are newly taking care of children who are doing school via Zoom as caretakers of their parents, of caretakers of brothers and sisters, of caretakers, you know, really around the world. If we look at, we're seeing spikes in female genital mutilation of early forced child marriage of, you know, like some of the worst and most heinous crimes against women. And so for me, I know that this year, We all came together because we wanted to give women a voice and get this table started so that we can, you know, have women at the table in our government at every step. And I am very grateful to you guys. I think I've emailed and texted you like a thousand times being like, I am very grateful to you guys. And I really (laughs) am like, I love you all so much. I am so grateful that we are doing this. And I think it's so necessary as we've seen the pain of women around the world that we get that space to 
elevate those discussions, those problems, and look for solutions together. Well, if that's not a silver lining for this year, I don't know what is that we have created this space together. And I am so, so blessed and fortunate to have you two to co-host this on. Uh, I love you guys too. And we are also so grateful for you who's listening because watching this community grow over the past few months has been beyond what any of us imagined. You know, we wanted to get together initially, as Johanna said, and start this conversation and elevate voices that we felt were missing from the conversation, but absolutely essential. But to see that there are other women out there who have joined us on this ride that agree that this is a conversation needs to be had has been really one of the biggest silver linings of 2020 for me. So thank you guys for listening and for joining us. And we're so excited to continue on with you guys in 2021 and bring you so many interesting guests and exciting content. And as we talk about people that we're grateful for, our Pottises of the Week, it's actually two this week, and they are Metropolitan Nashville Police Department officers Amanda Topping and Brenna Hosey, who were among six Nashville police officers that helped evacuate residents and direct people to safety ahead of the explosion that rocked downtown Nashville on Christmas Day. Our hearts truly go out to the people of Nashville and to the community that is hurting right now and have been impacted by this horrific incident. And our shout out of the week goes to Viola Davis for her performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. She played Ma Rainey and was absolutely amazing. Definitely Oscar worthy. We hope that everyone has an amazing New Year's Eve, however you're celebrating. And, you know, honestly, I feel like we should all get T-shirts that say I survived 2020. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it may not be the most festive night out of the town or hopefully it's not but you know we we all have cause to celebrate and we can't wait to be with you guys next week oh i am definitely doing the west coast thing where i'm celebrating the east coast new year's and then going to bed (laughs) it's gonna be good we'll have a happy and safe new year's everyone see you next year